Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashams in Abuja, Nigeria and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we have the first part of an exclusive interview with Swansea City and Gambia striker Modu Barrow. He tells us about life in the English Premier League, his routine and what it means to him to have broken into the Premier League. Since I was young, like 15, back home in Sweden, I was working every day, going out, doing running. So I knew that I could do it, but I didn't know when. Also, we have another big name on the show, Christopher Katongo, who captained Zambia to glory in the Nations Cup in 2012. In the second part of this interview, he talks about his dreams and his faith. All the time that you have in your life, you wake up, you pray to God that I thank you for this day. Without, without you, I can't have this day. Plus, a roundup of how the African players are doing in the English Premier League as Emmanuel Adebayor gets his first goal for Crystal Palace. That's all coming up on the show. And let's start with news that former Ivory Coast and Zambia coach Hervé Renard has been appointed as Morocco's new national team coach. The Frenchman won the Africa Cup of Nations in 2012 with Zambia and in 2015 with Ivory Coast. He then went to French club Lille but was fired in November after six months in charge. Now with Morocco, he's been set the target of not only qualifying for the 2017 Nations Cup but reaching the semi-finals there as well as qualifying for the 2018 World Cup Finals. Well, Morocco won the Nations Cup in 1976. They've qualified for the World Cup four times, most recently in 1998. But since they were runners-up at the 2004 Nations Cup, it's been a difficult period for the Atlas Lions. So no doubt Hervé Renard is a great coach. Uh, Can he turn around their fortune, Solomon? You know, the big question is, uh, what sort of team would he meet? Uh, what sort of players would he meet uh, to be able to achieve the target uh, that, he, that has been set before him? Those are big targets. And we have to look at uh, Morocco. Morocco has not been doing well in the last uh, five, seven years. If you look at the Atlas Lions, the way they've been performing, uh, so far, uh, is nothing really uh, to write about, you know. And Javier Renard, for me, he's a coach that brings a lot of motivation into a team. Uh, he can t- look at a team and look at the weaknesses and, and, and be able to bring in the strength. But would he be able to replicate the same thing he did with either Zambia or Ivory Coast? Uh, that is the big question. And I think for me, it's really going to be very difficult for him to uh, replicate that because the Moroccan team uh, has a couple of players who are playing in Europe, doing well, and locally also strong league. But unlike the Zambian team, a team that played as a team and there was a lot of unity and everyone really playing their part, I doubt if this Moroccan team would be able to achieve that. And for Ivory Coast, they had a, a lot of top players, world-class players, so it was easy to pick players and be able to do the job. And the job was cut out for him, you know, it's just for him to be able to get a right formation and use the right players. And Morocco don't have the kind of big names that Ivory Coast used to have. So it's definitely going to be difficult for him. Uh, Would they be able to qualify for the 2017 Nations Cup? Yes, of course. Would they be able to get to the semi-final? That is the big question. And also, would they be able to get to the World Cup 2018 for the first time in a very, very long time? Well, I doubt. I doubt if they're going to be able to get one of those slots that are, uh, you know, are located to Africa. 
this is a defining moment for him to define what sort of coach he is, especially after failing at uh, Lille in the French League where he just lasted just six months. And if he could complete a hat-trick with Morocco, you know, after Zambia and Ivory Coast, definitely, for me, he would definitely be one of the, the coaches of the century uh, in Africa. Indeed, Hervé Renard would if he can do that with Morocco. Well, thanks a lot, Solomon. I do feel that Morocco may be something of a sleeping giant in African football. Well, next up on Planet Sport Football Africa, the first part of an exclusive interview with Swansea City and Gambia striker Modo Barrow. Barrow is 23 years old and he moved from the Gambia to Sweden when he was 10 years old. He became the first Gambian to play in the English Premier League when he joined Swansea City in 2014. He has 15 league appearances this season and one cup appearance. Stuart Weir went to Swansea to speak to Modo Barrow and first asked if he always dreamed of playing in the English Premier League. Yeah, yeah. I went to the Premier League since I was young. You know, this team, Manchester United, this big club. So for me, it was always like I have to play this league once in my life. I always have that in mind. I always wanted to to do it. I knew that I could do it because I have the talent and I have like most most of the things that, that the players in the Premier League have. You know, so I was always working on it since I was young, like 15, back home in Sweden. I was working every day, going out, doing running. So I knew that I could do it, but I didn't know when. What's it like for you to play in the Premier League? Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing, to be honest, you know. Like I said before, I didn't know when I was going to play in the Premier League. But uh, it came early for me, like when I was 22, 21, 22. So uh, it was amazing for me because uh, the Premier League is fantastic. Like one of the best football leagues in the whole world. So it's amazing. So what is your best game, your best memory so far of playing in the Premier League? I think the game against Arsenal when I came in. We was one goal down. It was my first game because it was a debut for me. We get a free, I create a free kick. We won the game 2-1. But I like the game against Man United recently when we lost 2-1. I think we played really good. And I, when I came on, I did really well. So those two games was good for me. What's the best stadium you've played in? Do you have a favourite stadium? That one is hard to say, you know. Because these, two, these three stadiums like uh, uh, Manchester City and uh, Emirates and Ultra Fort, amazing stadiums, those three. And uh, I will love to play there for, for one of them clubs. Now, you're involved in most games, but often starting on the bench. Do you find that frustrating or how do you deal with that? No, you know, you have to deal with it. You know, football is, uh, especially when you come from Sweden to, to the Premier League and uh, where they have like these big players that have been playing here for many years and... Uh, and things, but uh, you have to have patience, you know, as a football player, because football can uh, turn around quickly. Once one season you start on the bench, coming in the next season you start in every game, scoring goals, you know, it's done for everyone. So, but what I always say, what my dad always tell me, you know, God's time mm-hmm. is the best time, you know. God have His own time. When He has said your time is up, you will rise, you will shine. So, for me, it's no. Like no frustration or panicking. I know what I can do. I know that I'm getting better every game I, I play. So I know that I'm going to be before the age of 25. Without, if God help me with no injuries, I can be top player in this league. Now we're talking the day after a game where it's an away game. 
you go there, you don't get on the pitch, and you have a long journey back. Is that frustrating? Yeah, for me as a football player, you know, sometimes you can be frustrated by not uh, coming in. I think that uh, that's the same way for for all players that play football, just traveling without coming on. But uh, I have to do it for the team as well, you know, because if Swansea win or one guy score, they give the team three points and. So for me, I'm happy for the team if we take points or if I come on. So it's a team spot. So for me, I have to do do it for the team. One thing which always fascinates me is why are you number 58? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, the 58, I came. The squad, you know, especially when you come from Sweden. And uh, the first team, when I came, it was like a lot of players there. So I start like with the 21s. And uh, you know, in the twenty nine ones, they give like number orders, you know, for for everyone, every new player. Like if I have fifty eight, another player comes and for the twenty one, they will give him like uh, fifty nine, you know. So I start with the fifty eight, and I play with it against Arsenal, you know. I feel lucky because the number, the number suits me, you know, on the back with my last name, you know, two numbers five and eight, so. You know, I could have changed it and asked them to change it after the season, but I said, no, I will keep it because this number suits me really well. Because when I went on loan to Blackburn, I remember asking if they, or Nottingham for if they could do 58, but they could not. So in the national team also, I was uh, hoping for them to make 58 because now I just love the number because of, you know, the how I start with it and coming off the bench against Arsenal and everything. So I just love it right now. You mentioned the national team. You had your first cap for Gambia. Tell me about that. Yeah, the first game was uh, against South Africa. We uh, really tough game. We play really tough game. First, we play against Uganda, which is a tough game as well. We drew against a one-one. That gave us confidence to go to South Africa. A really hard game. You know, I don't think many teams in, the, uh, in our group will go to South Africa and beat them or take points from there. So I think we done well. We start. The campaign good and we lost the second game against Cameroon, one nil at home. The game we played brilliant. We have the game under control and then they just score. So, but I think we're gonna be doing better because now we have uh, we have Mortani at home. Well, I think it's away at home in uh, seven eight days. So it's a good chance for us opportunity because normally before the national team used to beat Mortani, but. Uh, now it's different because they have very good players Multani. So I hope if we can get this six points so we can be second or first place of the group. Now you've lived most of your life away from Gambia but you still very much feel Gambian and really feel that's your country and you, you very much want to play for them. Yeah, yeah, of course, you know. Of course Gambia like, is my home. It's always going to be my home, you know. And uh, I was growing up there with my mom, and she, she, she died at the age of 35 so... They better her there, so Gambia is always going to be in my home. I sooner or later have to go back because I have my grandma, my cousins, you know, my sisters, and everybody there, you know. So one day I have to go back, and uh, like I was uh, having this choice to pick uh, between Gambia and Sweden, but uh, I pick Gambia because the way the people support me there, and uh, when I go there, the way they show me love, you know. The way I look at them and the way they look at me, like they are so proud of me, they are so happy, you know. So I cannot just make a choice and betray that happiness for them and take another country. 
That's Swansea City and Gambia striker Modo Barrow talking to Stuart Weir. He was talking there about the Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers and next month the Gambia play Mauritania away and then at home. Well, fascinating stuff and the second part of that interview in next week's show. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. You can follow us on Twitter. The handle is at PlanetSportFA. And our website is PlanetSportFootballAfrica.com. It's designed specifically for smartphones. And you can listen to the show on the website and find out more about the team. The address PlanetSportFootballAfrica.com. Well, still to come, the second part of our interview with Zambia captain Christopher Katongo, who led Chipolopolo to glory at the Nations Cup in 2012. If Zambia can go to the World Cup, I'll be the happiest player, you know, just, just to go there. Christopher Katongo coming up later, but to now we turn to Facebook and to WhatsApp. Last week we asked whether foreign coaches are better than local coaches when it comes to being in charge of national teams in Africa. We heard from fans in the Gambia who have divided opinions. So we asked, uh, what do you think is best? And this question has prompted one of our biggest ever responses and we'll try to get through as many of your comments as possible. Firstly, from those in favour of local coaches, on Facebook, Mr Bulls Junior Toure in the Gambia says, local coaches know the players better than the foreign coaches. But African players always give more respect to foreign coaches because they think that they know the game better than the local coaches, although it's not true. We've seen success of Stephen Keshi with Nigeria and with Hassan Shahata at Egypt. Musa Mane says, I think foreign coaches can't do better than our local ones. We just need to give motivation to our local coaches and they will surely give us the results that we want. Kenny Smith in Sierra Leone says, I think it's time for us to give our locals the chance to prove their worth. Abdul Kadri Touray in the Gambia says, I believe that in terms of rebuilding and rebranding, local is the best at the moment here in the Gambia because our football has no foundation at the moment. Usman Beckham Kamara, also in the Gambia, takes that a bit further, saying local coaches are better because they know everything about the country and its footballers. But in the case of the Gambia, our local coaches are so weak and tribalistic and their selection is based on tribalism, so I don't support local coaches. Alfred Mdimba gives us a perspective from Malawi. He says local coaches are better for African football because we need to be patriotic and usually in Malawi foreign coaches demand a lot of money. So a lot of support for local coaches but we receive just as many comments in favour of foreign coaches. Alan MJ Campbell from Sierra Leone says, I believe foreign coaches are better than African coaches. Cameroon and Senegal are the African teams who've reached the highest point in the World Cup for Africa, and that was under foreign coaches. So too, Nigeria under Clements Westerhoff have done well. I think in a situation where most of the players are foreign-based, a foreign coach must be employed. Ebrima Barrow from the Gambia agrees. He says players will find it hard to respect the local coaches if they're playing their football abroad. And secondly, local coaches are sometimes biased. Hawa in Ghana got in touch. To me, a foreign coach is better, says Hawa. Players will listen more to a foreign coach than a local coach. After all, there's a saying that a prophet is never respected in his hometown. 
And we had an interesting view from Jesse Rando in Sierra Leone. He says foreign coaches have more respect than local coaches in Africa. The reason is local coaches are not well paid and they lack the experience. Some players will even pay the coach to be favoured. I think we need to upgrade the local coaches. I was dreaming of becoming a coach myself, but the way they treated me made me decide not to go forward. So lots of views, both in favour of local coaches and foreign coaches, but many of you said that it's not where a coach comes from that's most important. Alufai in the Gambia says, For me, the issue isn't about the coach's nationality. I think it's to do with having certain facilities in hand and improving the capacity on the ground so that effective football can take place. And Greg from the Gambia says we should be talking about good coaches and good players. In a country or team where you don't have above-average players, every coach will be a flop. And Sanat Jaune says the best coach has hard work. Some local coaches are underrated, while the foreign coaches do have a lot of expectations from the fans. Thanks so much for all of those views. And finally, Moses in the Gambia says, Steve, I really like Planet Sport Football Africa. I'm a big fan and thank you that we can listen to it. Well, thanks, Moses. It's great to hear you're enjoying the show and great to have you with us. Well, this week on Facebook and WhatsApp, we have a simple but difficult question. Who do you think will win the English Premier League? Football fans around Africa are following the Premier League title race with great interest. And with 12 games to go, Leicester have a two-point lead ahead of Tottenham and Arsenal, with Manchester City another four points away in fourth place. So tell us who you think will be the champions. Send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero, or go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. Well, now let's put that question to our European football expert Stuart Weir in the UK.、Uh, Stuart, more twists and turns in the English Premier League, and things have changed again because a week ago we were saying maybe Leicester can go all the way and win it, but Arsenal now are right back in the picture. Well, the fixtures just worked out wonderfully at the weekend with the top four playing each other, and Arsenal at home to Leicester, and Leicester led at half time, but Arsenal came back to win two one. And Danny Welbeck, his first appearance since February twenty fifteen because of injury, scored in stoppage time. And in the other top of the table game, where Manchester City, for the second time running, lost at home to one of their big rivals, having previously lost to Leicester, lost at home to Tottenham. Now our Nigerian player Kelechi Ihenacho came on as a substitute and scored. Yaya Torre also hit the bar with a free kick, but Tottenham scored first and last. As you say, it does leave the league wide open. And at the moment, people are talking now. Perhaps that Manchester City have dropped too far behind, and it's a three-horse race with Leicester on top at the moment. But North London's two clubs, Tottenham and Arsenal, both within striking distance. Not so good for Manchester United fans, beaten two-one by Sunderland. Africans having a big part in that game, Stuart. Well, Sam Allardyce, the Sunderland manager, went window shopping, as we might say, and he bought three African players in the transfer window. And Wabri Kazri, the Tunisian from Bordeaux, scored the first goal, which was a free kick, which just somehow went through a crowded penalty area and eluded David De Gea. And then his other signing from Cote d'Ivoire, 
Lamine Cuny, who came from Lorient in France, headed the winning goal. Now, some newspapers are giving this down as a known goal because the ball seemed to ricochet off Marichal and De Gea again. But again, you know, it was a powerful header and that was the decisive moment. And of course, the Senegal player, Dame Noy, played 90 minutes, another of Sam's window signings. So, well done, Sunderland, Manchester United, another embarrassing defeat and another question about Louis van Gaal. By the way, Steve, because it was Valentine's weekend, Manchester United gave a debut to a very appropriate player, Donald Love. So there was love even in defeat. So love was in the air there. Um, Emmanuel Adebayor getting his first goal for Crystal Palace. Yes, unfortunately Palace lost at home to Watford, but Adebayor headed a goal and it was his first Premier League goal for 475 days. He last scored, you'll be interested to know, for Tottenham against Newcastle in October 2014. And it was his 97th Premier League goal and 22 of them have come from headers. But from an African point of view, there was a little bit of bad news because the Senegal player for Palace, Papa Soare, got sent off in the last minute of the game for a reckless tackle. And Bertrand Traore, Chelsea's player from Burkina Faso, uh, on the score sheet again. Well, we celebrated his first ever goal for Chelsea in the FA Cup a couple of weeks ago. And he scored his first Premier League goal when Chelsea beat Newcastle 5-1. Now, he's a Chelsea player who's been with the club since he was 17 and spent two seasons in Netherlands on loan to Vitesse Arnhem, where he played quite a lot for them and scored quite a few goals. Just a quick comment on Newcastle. I mean, losing 5-1 is a bit of a disastrous result. And, of course, what that does for club morale, who knows? They did give a debut off the bench to Sedu Dumbia and Czech Tioti played for the first hour, but you have to say that Newcastle look to be in free fall. It's becoming more and more difficult for them to get out of relegation area. And similarly, Aston Villa, you know, who are absolutely hammered 6-0 at home by Liverpool, which incidentally gave Colo Torre his first ever goal for Liverpool, a fine header. And Divrock Origi, who of course is the son of the former Kenyan international Mike Origi, came on in the 62nd minute and scored in the 63rd. Everton lost at home to West Brom, who had Benin's Stefan Sessignon and Victor Anichebi involved in that game. But I need just to say a word about Gareth Barry, the former Aston Villa Manchester City and now Everton midfield player, who earned his 108th yellow card in that game. Now, he already holds the record for the maximum number of yellow cards, and he's moved it a little bit further along. Norwich drew 2-2 with West Ham. Victor Moses created one of the West Ham goals, and Emmanuel Emeniki, their recent signing, had a great chance to win the game for West Ham late on. He came on for the last 20 minutes. Swansea, with the Ghanaian Andre Ayew and the Gambian Morobaro both involved, lost at home to Southampton. And apparently Swansea have hit the woodwork 15 times this season. You imagine if some of those had gone in that they could be in a much better position, but that's life.
Well, thanks a lot, Stuart. And a quick mention for Nigeria's John Obi Mikel, who scored only his sixth goal for Chelsea in almost 10 years, and it could be a very valuable one as Chelsea lost 2-1 away to Paris Saint-Germain in the UEFA Champions League round of 16 first leg game. But that away goal does put them in a good position. We've had one big name on the show already this week in Modo Barrow, and now to another. We have the second part of our interview with Zambia's Christopher Katongo, the man who led Chipolo Polo to glory at the 2012 Nations Cup. He's now 33 years old. I met up with Katongo at the African Nations Championship in Rwanda. He's played in Sweden, South Africa, Austria, Greece, and in China, and is now back at home playing for Green Buffaloes. Well, I asked Christopher Katongo about that famous Nations Cup win of 2012, where Zambia were surprise winners, beating Ivory Coast in the final on penalties. I asked him what he thinks brought the team success. I think it's a, it's a lot of things. You know, Zambia is a Christian nation, and you know, spiritually, we we give ourselves to to O God Almighty, who created the earth. But it's it's not easy for people to to believe in. In that thing, because in Africa is too much things that they they believe in, and the, the other thing that we we succeeded is that we the team stayed uh, so long together from 2006 Africa Cup until you know 2012. So staying together, you know, it was like a family. We know each other very well. We were controlling each other very well, and from 2006 we didn't qualify in the next round. It's the same team. 2008 we didn't qualify in the next round. Same team. 2010, we qualified in the next round for the first time. Zambia, after 14 years of never going to the to the next round, we we, we lost to Nigeria. It was in Angola. I remember that tournament. Then in 2012, we won the tournament. So if you look at the record, you can even see how the transition was going to you know for the success. That's the difference. That's why we we we, we succeeded in 2012. Just tell us a bit about your faith yourself. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Catholic. Uh, I grew up in the in in a family of a Catholic, going to church every Sunday with my mom and dad. So it's a Christian faith. You know, every time that we want to do things, you you need to dedicate everything to 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 God. All the time that you have in your life, you wake up, you pray to God that I thank you for this day. Without 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 you, I can't have this day. And uh, everything that you want to do, you 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 are putting first God. You know, in in everything. You are doing. You know, I'm here. I still continue that there is there is all might there who have created everything, and uh, I have to give respect. And uh, I'll continue like this because I I don't believe in everything that that Africans do because we grew up in an African environment whereby traditional sometimes it's it's lying to us. You know, it's, it's just destroying our lives. Otherwise, God is the is the one who created things, and uh, we need to give thanks to Him and uh, give your lives to Christ. When you've travelled so much to different countries, has your faith helped you as you started your life in different places? Yeah, for sure. But you know, because uh, you know, I believe that also you you need to work hard, despite you you are a Christian or a non-Christian. In everything that you do, you need to work hard. But as a Christian, you work hard, and then you you dedicate yourself to Christ. Because uh, if you work hard, you know you you're gonna reap what you're gonna sow. That, that that that's what I believe. So when I was going outside, still I was carrying my faith. You know, every time before the game, I'll pray. After the game, I'll, I'll go home. I'll pray. You know, and 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 life goes on. 
How is it in China where you can't be open about your faith? Yeah, I, I won't show it, but uh, I, I will just keep it to, to myself. Uh, you know, before we go in the dressing room, I, I just kneel down and pray to God that uh, God, uh, thank you for today. Uh, I'm asking you for the strength and power. Without you, I won't do my work. You know, the talent has come to you and things like that. As I go to the, to the dressing room, I'm, 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 I've done my, my things and I, I will just be quiet and... and pretend and be together with with a team because you can't play football alone still you need your teammates just finally uh, what's your dreams for the Chipola Polo for the Zambia national team you've already won the Nations Cup but what do you dream for the team I think I've got uh, a strong dream and I've got a strong faith that uh, Zambia can can still do more than what we have done and uh, my dream is is to win something in the next three years I'm talking about the Africa Cup of Nations 2017. I'm talking about World Cup qualifying games. You know, if, if, if Zambia can go to the World Cup, I'll be the happiest player, you know. Just, just to go there, I, I don't care how much I'm going to play, how much they will beat me or whatever. Just to go there, uh, it's a dream come true. But I have still faith that one day Zambia is going to go to the World Cup. Well, that would be great, wouldn't it, if Zambia could qualify one day for the World Cup. That's Zambia's Christopher Katongo. And that's it for the show for today. But on Facebook and on WhatsApp, tell us who do you think will win the English Premier League. Send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. We'll go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. From me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Solomon Ashoms in Nigeria and Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a Passion for Sport production.